3: some football. It's a let's talk CFL podcast episode number 378. I am your host, Christopher Jones. We're going to talk some football tonight. We're going to try anyhow. Uh, Mark is absent. He's being a pussy because he says he's got to get up early in the morning and go to work. Uh, Phil still uh, got is on a leave of absence. Uh, Chris, we haven't heard from in a decade or two. And Will is down in Vegas, and for some strange reason, he says that he's going to be late for the show. I don't know. It's the same time zone as BC, so he should be able to figure things out. So, But he says he's going to be late, so he's late. So it's just Charles, myself. We're going to talk some football. Uh, it, we're going to try to talk some football. Charles, did, you know, he's an avid fan and everything else, as I am, as we all are. Why the hell would you be doing a football podcast if you weren't? But I kind of had a disturbing evening Thursday. Thursday night, I didn't get any sleep. I didn't sleep like one minute. I just was awake all night. Something was bugging me. I couldn't figure out what it was. Something was wrong, and I had no idea what it was, and I didn't get any sleep. And I get up at like 4.30 in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, and be at work for 5. And I'm at work. And I'm just dragging my ass because I haven't slept at all since four o'clock the previous morning. And I get a text that says my mother's in the hospital and it like, whoa, slam me aside the head. And, uh, so, you know, I worked, I, I finished my shift Then I jumped in the car, drove down to Vancouver, uh, saw mom in the hospital. She's doing okay. She's doing good. Uh, you know, she's 89 years old. She's doing as good as she can for 89 years old. Right. She's probably doing a lot better. And, uh, so that's all cool. And then I jump in the truck and I car, I drive back home. I didn't get home till like almost midnight, so I was driving for 18 hours, because that's what I do at work. I drive, and then I come home and I drive, and then I drove down to the coast and drove back from the coast, and uh, you know, for the whole thing of spending an hour and a half with my mother, because she was too tired to spend anymore, jumping back in the car and driving another three hours home. Uh, it was a it was a long day for me, so uh, that was that was my Friday night. My Thursday night wasn't so good, and uh, yeah, so the the weekend was kind of shot for me. I didn't really get to watch any football. Uh, I know I'm supposed to be a fan, and I'm supposed to watch the games. And I'm supposed to talk about them on the podcast and everything else, but we can talk about them anyhow because like Bozo moves in Calgary or Ottawa, should we say? Uh, I totally expected. Edmonton win Hamilton smokes Winnipeg yay and uh BC got pummeled so yeah we can pretty much talk about them because we we kind of all expected them all to happen Charles and I both picked BC to win but we knew in our hearts it it was really going to be a coin coin toss and knowing that it was a double-headed coin and not in our favor uh it kind of was going that direction so you know we'll talk some football and we'll we'll get going on things and uh, I'm gonna got nothing really to rant about Uh, The couple of things that I did want to touch base with are on the agenda, so uh, I'll I'll let them go. And uh, and, uh, there's a couple other things that I I want to hit with, uh, but we'll deal with it during the show and go on with that. I don't need to sit here on a little monologue. And you would think that, you know, people would use a different picture. They've got the same picture for – never mind. Okay. Uh, Rod Peterson does a little rant. I like his little – Second rant or whatever else. We'll talk about that one, too. So I'm going to open up the mic here, talk to Charles for a couple seconds. Hopefully, Will uh, figures out where which ends up and gets to a phone or uh, phones me or t- gives me something to phone or something. Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing?
2: Thank you very much. I'm doing well. As well as you can on a Monday.
3: Yeah, I know. It was a bad day. It was a weird day at, at, at work. It was a weird day everywhere today. People doing dumb shit.
0: Monday's always
3: stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like Tuesdays are just Monday's little sister, so uh pretty they're much, not much be- yeah. they're not much better.
2: Anyhow, no, no they no. are. But but the only the only positive that Monday Tuesday has over Monday is it's closer to the weekend.
3: Yes, it's closer to football and exactly. that's about all, that's the only thing that Tuesday's got going for it, right? I mean, well, That's a good thing right now in BC, who knows, um, but uh, anyway. Well, see, Tuesday nights are actually pretty good for me because that's uh, pub night, and we as a oh, group, a okay. uh, bunch, bunch of old people all go to the pub and have dinner, sit around and drink water.
2: <laughs>
3: kind of piss us off the pub because we're not.
2: Because uh, they, they must love you guys.
3: Our bell, barbell's not very high, right?
2: I Actually, I was the
3: only one that started drinking. We started this about a year and a half, two years ago, and I was the only one that would drink water. Everybody else was having beers and, and uh, Monte Cristos and all sorts of weird drinks and fluffy drinks and coffee drinks and everything else. And uh, last week, there was only one person that had alcohol, and everybody else was drinking water.
0: Oh, gosh.
3: I'm a trendsetter. mm
0: mm-hmm. Okay, I
3: kind of wanted to wait and talk Calgary this Calgary game with Will, but he's just like not showing up, and so Mm
0: -hmm.
3: what do we do? What do we do, Charles? Any ideas? Is there anything you want to talk about? Um, We we, we, we could wait and talk about the football and start off with the other things.
2: Yeah, I got no problem with that.
3: Why not? It's Uh, our show. We can do what we want with it.
2: Exactly. (laughs)
3: Okay, well, let's talk this one. Hamilton loses Mazzoli for the season. What do the Ticats do at quarterback? Well, they turn into the BC Lions. No. Um, Actually, BC's got a quarterback. That's pretty much the only position that's good for them. Uh, They lost Mazzoli. Now, I'm not a massive Jeremiah Mazzoli fan. He is not somebody who lights this league on fire. But he's consistent. He consistently plays respectable football. He's kind of like Matt Nichols, right? He's not going to go out and win you the big game, but he's not going to lose you the big game either. So losing Mazzoli for the season to Hamilton is a kick in the nuts. No, no two ways about it. Because nobody really developed their backup quarterback to do anything spectacular. So what, what do we do? What, what's Hamilton to do here? Charles and Will just gave me his number, so I'm going to phone him.
2: Well, there's been some crazy, um, there's been some crazy rumors over the weekend. There's been names popping up left and right. Gary and Durant was a name that uh, popped up. <laughs>
0: Are you uh,
2: kidding me? Yeah, I'm not kidding. His name came up. Um, my my bad, up. I didn't his put him in the room. That's okay. Who, who, what By other name? Right. Drew Willy with another name that popped up. Oh, he's a coach uh, somewhere, isn't he? Do yeah, you hear he me is. now? Yep. I can hear you, Will.
1: Do you hear anything else?
3: Yeah, I hear a casino.
1: Oh, okay. Is it, is it deafening, or is it okay? It's pretty loud. We could probably make two. Okay.
3: We could make do. We'll just keep you on hold, or you just keep yourself on hold when okay. you don't
1: want to talk. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just mute myself.
3: Okay. okay. So there, he muted himself. He
2: muted himself. Yep.
3: So yeah. So uh, what what were you saying there, Charles?
2: Well, I was just commenting on the names that have popped up. Like I said, Drew Willie's name popped up. Darian Durant's name popped up. But well, what it looks like is that they've signed uh, – it was announced today that the uh, Ticats have signed David Watford, who um, – That name's familiar. In Saskatchewan. He was a backup in Saskatchewan last year. They did not resign him. They did not bring him back this year. Uh, he did not play uh, much last year. I'm just trying to look up his stats. He had very limited playing time. But I think he's kind of what they're going with now, him and the backup, Evans – uh, I think it was his name uh, i don't who i don't know a lot about um okay here we are uh Watford uh played with saskatchewan in um, limited playing time in twenty eighteen he completed fifteen of thirty two passes for hundred and sixty eight yards with one touchdown and two interceptions that's really this guy's only um real professional playing uh time. So I mean, I guess uh, they see potential in him, but I hope they're not uh, paying him a lot. What, I don't know what they're paying him, but uh I can't imagine he's much of a um uh he, he's not exactly much of an upgrade currently. So um I guess that's what they're trying to go with or, uh, rather than bringing in an established guy. At least for now, I guess they'll go with him and Dane Evans, who is the uh, backup to Mazzoli that came in last week after Mazzoli went down. He did not do a lot. Um, but um, there's uh, – I don't know. This is um, this is really, really um, not a good – this is a bad, bad thing for Hamilton. This is really – kind of blown their season apart uh because they have him down and with no real established backup it's going could turn into a very long season in hamilton
3: any longer than the season in toronto or bc
2: uh well they're going to be right there with it the one saving grace is that hamilton does have a pretty good defense which Toronto and D B C do not the, seem BC to. Don't.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: that's
3: definitely a step so up.
2: That could be their saving grace because, let's face it, they need one.
3: They're, so they're still up high on the power rankings then because, like, whoa, anyhow.
2: For now, Pretty until weird. that defense gets worn out.
3: We'll see what happens. I mean, there's teams out there right now who still don't have a number one quarterback.
2: Yep, and uh, Hamilton just happens to be one of them right now. I don't know if okay. Toronto's got a number two. Well, they got, don't one. have a number
3: one or a number two, and I'm I'm no. not totally sure Ottawa's much better. Yeah. nor is Montreal. Yeah, well,
2: and let's let's give
3: the riders one step up, but they're pretty close too
2: yep mm-hmm. so a lot this of, is like one of started, the worst years for footballs that we've had in a while a lot of quarterback going down and I think yeah. that the uh the play is um the play is uh bearing it out because the football hasn't been great and when, you've got, I terrible. Think when, you think, when you got when you when you got i believe it's five uh quarterbacks quarterbacks out of the 19s that's bound to happen
3: yeah yeah of course and, and and a lot of the other teams didn't even have quarterbacks oh if, mm-hmm. if you're counting uh james franklin being injured and dom davis being injured and uh uh antonio pipkin
2: being injured that come on they they weren't well, really starting
3: quarterbacks to start with weren't. were they
2: The only reason we I'm counting them is because they were the starters for the respective teams in week one, so that's kind of why I'm counting them.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Will, do you have anything to add to this? What's going to happen with Hamilton now that they've lost their number one quarterback, Jeremiah Mazzoli, and they're scrambling around looking for quarterbacks, uh, viable backups,
1: viable anything? What do you got to say there, Will? You know, the most amazing thing is the quarterback who's gotten beat up the most. (laughs) Mike Riley. Mike Riley, okay. And all these other guys are getting like—it's amazing the quarterback
2: situation.
3: I mean, let's let's face it. With the abuse Mike Riley's been getting, he's the toughest son of a bitch in football today. No doubt about it. He's gotta be.
1: Yeah, he should be dead. He should be dead. He should but, be, I would be. You know. And I've heard I've heard Dane Evans in Hamilton is pretty good. Okay, but what does pretty good mean? Does he have he's got potential? Okay. Um, Jeremiah Mazzoli has a unique set of talents and I think that old is, is planned around his unique set of talents. And I don't know what's gonna happen or how well they're gonna do. But once again, you know Calgary's backup quarterback is doing pretty well, All right. Yeah. He's what is he three and one or three and two or something like that? He lost he lost to no, Ottawa. sorry, he lost to Hamilton. That's it. He
3: yeah he he's, he's so, four and one. With a save, oh, with a steal.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Because, really, and uh, M- M- Mitchell was zero and two to start the season before he got hurt.
1: Right. Yeah, I know you were going to say that, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to
3: ignore that. Well, it's true. Arbuckle um, came in and then, stole the game and away. And
1: then, you but then Mike, then my question, then my question is once again. Calgary loses their backup quarterback this year because he's going somewhere else next year. That's quite likely. Right. Right? So I don't know what to say.
3: Okay, let's say. start off the let's st- let's start off back up at the top segment one. We're going to do the Calgary uh, Stampeders are in Ottawa to play the Red Blacks. Uh, there's a lot of cuff up going on on how this game ends by Ottawa giving up a safety, expecting Calgary not to come back. Is that what basically what happened? So they were up by four points. They gave up a safety, kicked out the ball. Calgary comes back, kicks a field goal, wins the game. They hadn't scored a touchdown the entire game. Why are you afraid of the Stampeders offense? That's kind of what the bottom line has been here right um i don't really have a problem with what the call was i really don't um... if, if yeah i it's hard to say it's hard to say i understand both sides of this argument uh, given, taking the safety and, and, and getting them further downfield makes sense for the most part. But you know, you kick, you punt the ball, they get it inside the Ottawa uh, side of center, uh, they make a play or two, they kick a field goal. They're still down by one. You, you win the game. Yeah, it. it, it I'm not going to fault him for it. I really don't think that it was a bad call. Uh, it lost the game. It was a coaching decision that lost the game. Did it lose the game? Yeah. How, who knows? How do you? How do we know that Calgary couldn't have turned around and from the 38 ran it right back into the end zone for a touchdown and still they still lost the game? And then everybody would be questioning why the hell he didn't give up a safety and kick the ball long. This was a no-win situation for Rick Campbell. No wins on this one at all, right? Uh, yeah, shit, man. I don't know. Charles, what do you think
2: well i I'm sorry, I gotta disagree here because quite frankly i I could not understand the call when he did it when there was only i'm just trying to think there was only about two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Your defense have been actually ex- excellent in this game, shutting the uh stampeders down. the stampeders were getting nothing going on offense. And, you know what? Hunt out of the end zone. Get some good coverage, because they had been pretty good coverage on special teams, too. But make them score a touchdown. Do not give them the uh, option of taking a field goal. Make them march it down and get it into the end zone. Make them do something they had not done yet. By kicking it off, and the Stampeders got a good return out of it, too. They were already up at the, about the... 45, 50-yard line. So they really only needed two first downs. Um, Providing uh, the Red Blacks kicked the ball out of the end zone and they have decent downfield coverage, they would have needed more than two first downs to get the ball down into the end zone. So this is what I didn't understand. I mean, I understand a lot of times when you're – when. You're punting from the end zone. I have no problem giving up the safety at at certain points.
3: Well, there's a reason why it's there.
2: Well, of course. But when you've got a four-point lead with only a couple minutes left in the game and you've shut them down completely, at that point you've got to have enough confidence in your defense that they're going to continue shutting them down you've got to be able to put your defense out there and say, go get me one more stop. Because they had been doing it all game to the Stampeders, but they made it way too easy. They they gave up the two points. So automatically, you go from making them have to get go as the whole point of the field, you know, even if it's midfield, 45, 50 yards, and actually get the ball into the end zone. Instead, you kick it off, The Stamps get a good return, and all they have to go is 20 yards, and they're in field goal range. And quite frankly, it just didn't make any sense to me. When you've got a four-point lead, make them score a touchdown. Make it as difficult on the offense as you can. They didn't do it there. They gave them an out, and they didn't have to go a long way, the offense. And they put it in, especially with Peradez kicking. Who is a very accurate kicker historically? So I don't know. Personally, I did not make sense to me at that point. I think you punt the ball out of the end zone and you get your defense to go get you one more stop. They've been doing it all game. Why not get them um, to do it one more time? Huh? Um, and and quite frankly, especially when you consider Ottawa was really lucky to be up in that game because they did not play great in that game. Jonathan Jennings, I mean, he was better than he was a week ago, but not by much, because uh, he had 45 yards a week ago. I think he ended with something like 125 yards, which while it's more than the week before, it still ain't any good. It's still not good enough. Uh, Yeah, he had 125 yards. He was 15 of 18. He had good accuracy but that's because the majority of his throws were short, and yeah, Arbuckle had a lot of passing yardage, but it was all between the twenties. Once they got down close, they were falling apart, and the defense was putting up stops. So I just don't I still, I still don't understand the call. I don't agree with the call. You got to make it as tough as it, you can on a team, and they didn't do that. They had Calgary by the throat, and they let them off the hook.
3: Hard target that,
1: that one, me. Mm-hmm.
3: William, open up your mic. Let's talk.
1: I just did. You know what? Um, Rich Campbell is on my wall of honor now for the rest of my life. Okay. No kidding. But you know, I I agree with I agree with Christopher. I personally think that was a no win situation for him. Whatever he did. Okay. If you if you if you kick it out of the end zone, uh. You get it on maybe Calgary gets it on their fifty-five. 50 uh, no, they, the it, would, it would have to, been
3: on the it would have been on the Ottawa forty-five, maybe even
1: closer, like the thirty-eight. Okay. Okay, so not necessarily
3: you know, you only
4: can boom punch.
3: Yeah, I yeah, know. But he well, outkicks his coverage all the time.
1: And I know. I still think Calgary the last. Four or five minutes of that uh, game was moving the ball quite well, and I guarantee you all of these teams have a score a touchdown offense or get in position for a field goal offense. Okay, and Calgary would have just done something different. And yes, it's harder to score a touchdown than it is to score a field goal, but I still think Rich Campbell was screwed either way. Okay, so I don't know. I mean. He didn't get fired. It's not the worst call I've ever seen, but hey, that's why they play the game, right? And once again, all I care about is the win, so, so, you know, I mean,
4: uh, it's hard to,
3: it's hard to have made that decision either way, you know? Yes, you cannot underestimate the Calgary Stampeders at any particular time. I don't care how bad they are. You can never underestimate their ability to put the ball in the end zone. They hadn't done it all game. Especially. Yeah, they would do it in the last second just to piss you off.
1: I mean, especially Calgary, like I said before, are a young team, and they're just finding their way right now. And, you know, they've made some pretty stupid they, they've done some pretty stupid things where they should have got points and they haven't, but maybe this could have been one where they did get the touchdown. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I think Calgary still has a belief that they're going to score every time they touch the ball. So, And I guess they did. So, I mean, in reality, maybe if he didn't want to make that decision, his team should have played better because Calgary – Calgary played in my mind they were ugly the entire game.
0: Both teams I mean they were doing
1: well they were doing well and then they'd get penalties after penalty. They had two uh, what's Christopher's favorite block? Two crackback blocks. One got called and the other one didn't. I think the one was a legitimate call and the other one was was debatable. So but yeah, I mean bottom line is they won. That's all I care about, and Rich Campbell still has the job, so I guess either way he made the right call. But his seems still lost. So.
3: Well, I mean, Go they ahead. did come out, and, and uh,
1: well.
3: who was it that they uh, – Marcel Desjardins was, was asked about this, and he says that they've had a talk internally about what happened in that game and that we all need to make better decisions, and that was one of them.
2: So and maybe I, I guess Gans he didn't like
1: listen. it. Maybe he should listen to his own advice and maybe find a decent story, guys. Find a decent backup quarterback.
2: Or a decent and Jonathan starter. Jennings. I'm
1: sorry. Yeah. Sure. I mean, Jonathan Jennings did not look good in that game. He looked better than the week before, but not much.
2: No, he did that did not right. say anything. No,
1: no, no, no. And I, I and once again, I think Calgary is just trying to find their way. And you know, Dave Dickinson has them to the point where, if they peak at the right time, it could be scary.
0: They could be. And yeah. and you know, I've I've looked at disagree. that
3: and 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 looked over and over again, and I'm going, I'm never going to underestimate the Calgary Stampeders. They are still a dangerous team. And odds are on favorite that you give up the safety and you save the game. But, you know, Rick Rick Campbell gambled and lost. I don't think it was a bad call.
1: You You know, and if you look around the league, okay, everybody is playing with the exception of Winnipeg, and who else? I think Winnipeg, Mazzoli up until that up until last week. Most teams were playing with their supposed second string quarterback. And the only guy who's really getting it done is Arbuckle. So once again, I, I think you believe in Calgary System for more than I do. And and I think the reason for that is because I watch other games and I see how many calories Dan Peters are playing for other teams, and it makes me great, all right? So,
3: we, I, I believe in their system. I don't necessarily believe in their methods. Right. I think every okay. once in a while you I have mean, to open your wallet and keep a player, okay? I, I think paying Bo Levi yeah. Mitchell 700 and some odd thousand dollars a year was absolutely fucking right. ridiculous. They should have kept Micah Johnson and uh, what? Who was it? Delvin Bro? Jared Davis. Jared, Jared Davis. Davis. Yeah, like seriously, yeah. They, they could have kept some serious players, and instead they chose to keep both Levi Mitchell, who, yes, he's been injured or quasi or sort of, or we've been told that he's injured, whatever is going on with Mitchell. The bottom line is. He wasn't that good of a quarterback
1: to justify that kind of money. Yeah, but it also goes with what the market will pay, or what the market will bear. And he was, I, I guarantee you, if Calgary hadn't have paid him that money, somebody else would have. Oh, Toronto and, had
3: offered him more. And
1: and, and that would not have slid in Calgary. It would not have applied at all. So, you know, I even, but, you know, you've got to look at it in a different way. I go back two years when they wouldn't sign Tommy Campbell, okay? Well, if they hadn't signed Tommy Campbell, we probably would never have heard about Trey Roberson. And I think Trey Roberson is better than Tommy Campbell and Deontay Evans. So, you know, it worked out for them. It doesn't always work out for them. I mean, let's face it, Charleston Hughes, still going strong two years, and they actually traded Charleston Hughes because they thought he was at his best before date, and he's still pretty pretty good. So, I don't know, I could talk about that forever, and I still have not decided who's right and who's wrong. So, Anyway.
0: yeah. Ooh.
1: Yeah. Hey, I got a skill testing question for you guys. See if you can Go answer ahead. it. All right. Who, who did I give my tickets to for Saturday's game against Edmonton?
2: Sparksman? Oh. Or I'll see Neil Kroll.
1: Charles wins the door prize. Uh First answer was right. The first answer?
3: You gave it to Stephen Sparks? First answer. Yes, sir. You know what? I I thought Stephen had his own ticket. He's a football
1: No, no. He gets tickets from his boss on a regular basis. He doesn't have his own ticket. Oh, okay. So, and you know what? I'd rather put a guy who I know... Is not gonna get crazy, and who would appreciate the football game? So, well, there you go. Okay, there you go. I'm such a wonderful guy. Who won? Who won? In the game
3: go ahead. Oh, the game. The game. Okay, so. The final score was Calgary 17, the Ottawa Red Blacks for 16. Phil uh, and CJ both picked Ottawa to win. Out of there. Mark, or Will, Will, the Calgary Peter? he picks the Calgary Peters to win. He's out by 21 points. Mark and Charles both picked Calgary to win, but we're out by 20 points. So it's a tie, Charles and Mark. Both get a big golden star. Yay! Okay. Enough of that shit. Okay. Moving on. This was the only game I picked correctly. Toronto Argonauts traveled to the Edmonton Eskimos and proceeded to get their proverbial butts handed to them. This was... A absolutely disgusting, despicable display of football. They didn't get a rouge. At least Ottawa the week before got a rouge. Toronto got nada. Not a thing. No points. Zero. The big goose egg. Shut out. As the soccer idiots would say, nil. Nil. I don't know what else you can say. It was terrible. How do you not get a single point? Pathetic. Charles, talk football. Toronto and Edmonton.
2: Just when you think Toronto can't get any worse, they get worse. I mean... And it wasn't like Edmonton was overbearing in this game. I mean... They were good, uh, but they weren't spectacular. I think they've had better games in this season. But this this was just awful. Your your high school football team team could
3: show up and beat Toronto.
2: Oh, God, I think so. They'd be getting beaten by an Adam team at this point. This team is a disgrace right now. They looked like they wouldn't beat a, 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 a CIS or U-League or whatever it's called now. Uh, boy, I mean, 90 yards passing for the law office, 6 of 18. That's all they had. 42 yards rushing. I was going to say, where's James Wilder Jr.? But he's hurt, so he didn't play. But they they had more problems than that. I mean... How in the CFL do you go through an entire game without a point? Teams get points by accident by punting balls into the end zone. Don't so they can't can't point get points given to them by the other team. Yeah, I'm going to concede the safety. We just talked about that. We did. Since but, I mean, hit. this okay. almost looks like a team to me that has simply given up. That they know they're not going anywhere fast, and uh, quite frankly, they want to get the season over with. I know it's already week, only week six, but they just, it's, they didn't care. They really didn't care, and it looked like they didn't care. And Ottawa just, this for Edmonton, this looked like a glorified practice, the way it was okay. going. Um
3: But did did the Toronto Argonauts not play a different game of football when Dakota Prukop came out? They looked a little better. Did you not see a a, a remarkable upswing in the play, in, in everything, in their character, in their response to things? Even, you know, the jump in the step out there? It just seemed like Toronto was playing a better game of football when Dakota Prukop came out there, he just wasn't out there very long, and you know things didn't go very well because Toronto, quite frankly, is a terrible football team. But yep, it it was a better game. They actually looked like they were moving
2: the ball around. Yeah, he was a little bit better. He was eight of thirteen for sixty-eight yards. So although he did throw two interceptions, yeah, but uh, it was only like he's a, he's five a young to the guy, game, yeah. wasn't it? No, that's good. that's a good point. Uh, they actually did look a little bit better with Prukov, and you know what? If I'm Corey Chamblin, I'm probably starting him next game. Because it's want oh, to tell McCloud yeah. Bethel Thompson's not doing anything. So why not? You know you know we've what been picking gonna, on,
3: uh, on Chamblin for a long time about his fifteen uh his losing streak coming to fifteen, right? Uh yeah. um, I'm reading uh, 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 Rod Peterson's uh, little rant, 10 thing, ten weekend things. And look at the quarterbacks that Chamblin played with. Oh,
2: he's with. got nothing.
3: He played with Darian Durant for half of one week, okay? Kevin Glenn, Tino Censeri, Brett Smith, McLeod Bethel Thompson, James Franklin, and Dakota Prokop. That's who he's had for quarterbacks yeah, over nothing. the last 15 games. And he's zero and fifteen, and we're laughing at him. But shit, did he actually have
2: anything to play with? No, no. Nothing. no. You know what? I don't. Uh, I know they're like zero six now. I guess it is. I don't put this on Corey Chamblin. I'm sorry, I put this on Jim Pop.
0: He
3: this a wow. his
2: team to build, and he's put built uh, a team of crap. Well, I mean, shit, the same thing can be
3: said about Ed Hervey then.
2: And it is. I I, I think that I, I would say that too. But yeah, I'm mean, 100% this team is a mess. BC is on it. In,
3: in, in, yeah. It's
2: sad. You've got the two biggest cities in Canada, and both of their football teams are garbage. And I'm sorry. Is BC I, bigger, I, I bigger I than Montreal? That, now? I, bigger I thought it was, Montreal? but I might be wrong. I do not know. quite frankly uh, uh yeah it's uh, kind of a disaster right now in Toronto there's nothing else to say about it you can't get any lower than 0 No You cannot
3: It 0 is it it is Owen lives in Toronto he's bought a he's bought a condo and he's hanging out there and is it going to happen? Uh, no, no, Montreal is still the second largest city. There, mm-hmm. and a half million people, where Vancouver is 2.2.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Calgary is number three, and then Edmonton. Yeah. Together, Edmonton and Calgary don't make Vancouver. No. Okay. So, anyhow. Toronto, Edmonton. Willie, crack open your mic there and tell us what you're talking about Would
1: Wood, wood, would any of us last year have thought there could be a worse team than Montreal was last year? And these guys are worse than Montreal was last year. And you know what? In order for that to happen, you got to work with that, man. Like you got to—they're just—they're—they're they're dreadful. They're horrible. And there is a—there is a. Lighting to every cloud. And I do believe the running back that replaced James Wilder was a pretty decent running back, if I am correct when I watched that game. Okay. Yeah. You know, maybe they're going to dump Wilder to, you know, save some money or something And once it gets better again. Cause that guy ran pretty hard. But I, I, I don't know where to start with Toronto. You know, I saw one of. Uh, McLeod Bethel-Thomas' interceptions. And the Edmonton player literally saw the ball coming, stopped, and didn't have to move, and Bethel-Thomas hit him right in the hand. Okay? And there was another guy 30 yards down. Now, I don't know if that was Bethel's fault or if it was the receiver's fault, but that was pathetic. I mean, there's no other words you can use for it. All right, Toronto's in big trouble. Um, I'm thinking there's only one guy who is part of Toronto's organization that's laughing right now, and that's Preston. Right. Okay? He's probably thinking to himself, boy did he avoid a train wreck. And we know Jim Pop would have thrown the coach under the bus first. So you know, I I am just I'm wondering when Pop is gonna take over.
2: So. Yeah, you know, I wonder that. I've been wondering that too.
1: And if he takes over, that team will, that team will get worse. They really will, because they don't I, I, have a don't, quarterback.
3: I'm not sure they could they get any one. worse, but they certainly are not going to get any better.
2: No. I mean, yeah. I don't that's, think that's, they're going to get any better. No.
1: I don't think they're going to get better. I mean,
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, I'm speechless when it comes to this. You know, there's the thing, and and you can throw you can throw BC in that next too. If if you think a team has got good players on it and they will get better, how come neither one of those teams has got better yet? and it is week seven. you think they would have made adjustments somehow, some way? And I'm thinking, and I and I know it's early, but I'm thinking in both those situations, some people have to get fired. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't happened yet. And I'm surprised, is that gonna be one more week, two more weeks? Because I mean, in the CFL, if you're 0-8, you can turn that around mid-season, especially if you're in the heat. But I don't know if it's even coaching, so I don't know what to say.
3: So yeah. Okay. So the final score on this game was uh, Edmonton 26, Toronto nada. Okay. Zero. Nilch. nil. No, big goose egg. It's they didn't. It anyhow. Okay, so um, Charles, you picked a score of forty-five to fifteen. Wow, you're up by thirty-four points. Will picked Toronto to win. <laughs> that was funny, but that's okay. Phil, you picked uh, Edmonton to win thirty-three nineteen. Thirty-three well, is a respectable score. Nineteen was it? I w- I went low on it. Went thirty-four twenty-one. I was out by twenty-nine points. Phil was out by twenty-six. Mark picked twenty-eight to eleven. He only won because he underestimated. He, he put Toronto way down low. I everybody figured Toronto was going to do really well. I, I'm surprised. You know, if if this game was against any other team besides Edmonton. I'm pretty sure Will would have said zero because he does that every once in a while. Pick some stupid number. Like, and we just laugh at him, and it would have come true at the point. Toronto did get zero. So, um, the winner on this one was Mark. So that's two wins for Mark and one for Charles this week. And we've only done two games. Okay. Up next, we got the Winnipeg, Ham- uh, Winnipeg Hamilton game. The blue bombers traveled over to the Cats, And, uh, this was a 5-0 oh Winnipeg Blue Bomber team going into the East to play Hamilton. And, oh, this was going to be an absolute cakewalk, slam dunk. Hamil- Winnipeg is planning the parade route. Bomber fans are going nuts. This is it, okay? Uh it didn't turn out quite the way they wanted it to. Hamilton kind of didn't read the memo that they were supposed to lose. They did lose. They lost their starting quarterback. Jeremiah Mazzoli has gone with an ACL injury for the remainder of the season and maybe someone next. So that's a bigger loss. I would rather have lost the game to Winnipeg and kept my quarterback, but it didn't happen that way. Charles, jump on in.
2: Well, uh, even with the win, this is like a loss for uh, the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats, because to lose your starting quarterback in that kind of fashion, uh, let's face it, uh, he pretty much kept that team going. I mean, I know they got Brandon Banks and some other good players, but he is kind of the straw that stirs the drink there um, for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And this is... Uh, Not a great... uh, This is a really tough one for them because he's a... When you look at the backups that Hamilton have, it's not impressive. Dane Evans, and uh, we mentioned it earlier, they're bringing him Corey Watford who has very limited um, experience in the CFL. So, yeah, Hamilton goes out and they get the win, and I might point out they largely got the win because of the 14 points they put up before Mazzoli got injured. Um, but um, and let's give their credit where credit was due. The Hamilton defense really was able to uh, put the kibosh on the Winnipeg offense this week, and they really needed to with Mazzoli going down earlier in the in the first half. Uh, but Dane Evans came in for more than a first half and more about a about two and a half quarters, only passed for ninety four yards and one interception. Now whether he gets better with some experience, I don't know how many first team reps he was taking. I'm guessing not very many because I don't think many people expected him to play. Um but the Hamilton Tiger Cats did um a good job defensively to hold The Bombers from putting up a lot of points. They held Andrew Harris to just 53 yards rushing, which is um, when you can hold him to that, you're doing a good job. Uh, Matt Nichols was uh, um, 261 yards passing, three picks. We saw a lot of uh, the former uh, Matt Nichols that we had seen previously in previous years. I even said on last Wednesday's show... That I felt things were going too good for the Bombers, that they were pretty much due for uh, a bit of a fall, and that's pretty much what happened. Uh, They, quite frankly, did not uh, look good in this. This is uh, by far the worst they've looked all season, obviously, it's their first loss, but... um, uh, give credit for Hamilton to Hamilton's defense for stymieing the um, Winnipeg offense. It would have been very easy for that team to kind of roll over and say, oh, Mozoli's down, we're done, and have Winnipeg put some points up on them. But they held them, they played them very tough, and they were able to get the win. Now, the biggest concern now for the Stampeders, or Stampeders for the Tiger Cats, is how Dane Evans performs going forward because uh, he has little experience, and even then, bringing in Corey Watford, he's got very little experience. So right now, the offense is the big question mark for Hamilton. As for Winnipeg, uh, they got to be able to shake this one off, shake this one off, and then get back at it because they weren't good in this one. I don't think anyone would would disagree with that. But they've got enough talent that they should be able to turn it around and bounce right back. So we'll see what happens um, coming up.
3: So so Winnipeg's going to shake it off, turn it
2: around, and, and bounce right back. You know they're playing the Toronto Argonauts, right? Exactly. So they don't even need to try that hard, to be perfectly no. honest. No. The last time they, they played uh, Hamilton, I think it was 21 nothing, or The last time they played Toronto, I should say, I think it was twenty-one, nothing in the first quarter. Yeah, it it was not a good thing. No, it wasn't. Okay,
3: William.
1: William. Yes. Yeah.
3: So How you doing?
1: I've been saying, I'm I'm. I'm. I'm losing badly today. So. I'm kind of in a shitty mood, to be honest with you. Um, but I'm, I'm going to talk about football, and maybe that'll get me out of my slump because of that pump. Um And in case you're wondering, I'm up. What am I up? I'm up $1,000 this week. So
2: wow. That's okay. That's, I, that's not bad. After losing today? Pardon me? And that's after losing what? today, you said?
1: Well, I'm still playing, so the jury's out on that one. So, anyways, um, I have been saying for the last year how you beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers if you if you stop if you stop uh, Andrew Harris Andrew Harris and you make, make Andrew Harris and you make Matt Nichols throw the ball and look what happened he threw three picks. Still don't think he's a great Cup-winning quarterback. Still don't think Calgary for Winnipeg's defense is that strong. They will they will probably get better this season's not over and that makes up for a lot of mistakes from uh, your offense. But I, I I and I've said this before, I don't think it's a strong week this year. And I still think this thing is up for grabs from ev for everybody. With the exception of maybe Toronto, I'm not going to say that about BC because BC has players, okay? Toronto doesn't really have players. I right? they do have some players, so who knows? Who knows? But you know what? Winnipeg, Winnipeg was due for a loss, and and it showed and up. And they lost, okay? I'm and they, right, and they lost. So hey. I mean, and was I happy to see them lose? Yes, I was happy to see them lose. Or, hey, well,
3: they couldn't, they couldn't go 18-0. They're not the Calgary Stampede.
1: No, they're not. And, and, I mean, you guys can laugh about that, but, I mean, look at the last two years. Calgary has gone, what, 10, 11, 12 in a row? And then they've lost. And because I think it's due... When you're talking about losing your sixth game of the year, I don't know how good they are. So. Yeah. You know, it is what it is.
4: It is
3: what it is. Okay. So the final score was the Hamilton Tiger Cats, 23, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, 15. Okay. And uh, so here's what happened Charles will and Phil all took Hamilton to win. Mark, being a Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan, took Winnipeg. CJ, myself, because I've lost so many freaking games this year so far, I thought I would play the odds and not go up against head-to-head with Charles, Will, and Phil. I'd just go straight up with Mark and I could, you know, potentially steal one here. Well, no, because Winnipeg didn't win, so I didn't do that. Uh, Will, you're out by 21 points. Phil, you're out by 20. Charles, you get the second star for the week. With 13-point spread, you pick 27-24. Overestimated both of them by a combined score of 13. Me and uh, everybody Martin are
2: having a battle this week.
3: Well, you're both tied. Yep. You're both tied, okay? Comes down to the final game. Saskatchewan Rough Riders traveled west to the lion's den and found a bunch of kitty cats. I am so embarrassed to call this my football team, but they are my football team. Win or lose, inside or out, I don't care. I'm a BC Lions fan, and I don't give a shit. And you know what? My team loses, so what? It doesn't affect me. It doesn't bother me. Tomorrow I'm going to wake up, and everything is going to be fine. It's got nothing to do with football. November comes and goes, and then we're in the off season. And you say, next year's our year. I start to sound like a Browns fan now. Or, or should I say a Bombers fan? Because they've been going 28 years without a victory. Ah, uh, this didn't look good for the BC Lions, let me tell you this. I, I did not watch the game. I, I was, not, I was uh, busy working on the ranch, as I usually am. Four o'clock games suck for me. I'd much rather have a seven o'clock game, and then I can at least get in and have some food and sit down and eat. But four o'clock, I'm still working my ass off. So I got almost the way all the way through this game without my phone, without my iPad, without even knowing what's going on in the game, and I text Charles because these guys are texting back and forth on on, on our our uh, group chat, and I'm ignoring them. I'm not looking at them, and I text my buddy Charles here, and I say, what did I say, Charles? It was something like, uh, "Is this game? I I don't know what's going on. Is it is the game worth watching?" And his He gave a one-word answer. Here's what I said. I have not heard what happened in this game yet. I can watch it on demand. Anything other than, is it worth my time to watch? And he goes, nope. Nope. And I responded with another one word, fuck. (laughs) And he goes, I said that word many times today at the game. (laughs) So it did not. It wasn't a good game. It was uh, kind of embarrassing. And uh, BC Place used to be a place that was a dangerous place for teams to come and play. Now it's a
2: doormat. It's and a holiday for teams now.
3: Yeah, that's just absolutely disgusting. BC falls to 1 6 going on to a bye week. The only good thing about being on a bye week is we don't lose. Okay? Pathetic, Charles. You were at the game. Am I right? Oh, Am I wrong? I I
2: can you add, can you add to what I just said? Well, there's not a lot to add because this game was garbage. Uh, it was completely embarrassing to be there. It was, especially when there's with all these other uh, guys there wearing green and having watermelon on their head and they're sitting there jumping up and down and I'm just sitting there sitting on my hands basically because my team's not doing anything it was really really a tough game to be involved in to be at Um I can't remember the last time I went to a BC Lions game and saw such a disturbing performance I think the last time in all fairness, was probably, I remember during the Damon Allen era, going to a game and watching the Lions get blown out by Calgary 55-9. to That might be the last time I was that dejected at a BC Lions game. The Lions, it's pretty bad when it makes the last game, uh home game that these guys had. Uh, seemed like a fond memory when they got beaten by Edmonton. But this was just awful and disturbing. It was so um, um, disturbing to watch. I, I, I'm using the word disturbing because I can't think of any other real adjective because this is um, terrible. It really well, was. Um, what makes this worse is we.
3: We expected B.C. to do better. I honestly don't think Toronto fans expected their team to do better. I don't think Montreal fans expected their team to do as well as they're doing. We, as B.C. Lions fans, expected B.C. to be in the top three in the Western Division, top three in the league, fighting for that number two or if not number one position. We honestly believe BC could do that this year for this shit to come onto the field like this is, is such a letdown because seriously, I mean, Argo fans, they they're, they're fans for Argo. They, they, they know what their team is. It's not a surprise, right? I, I feel bad for them and I know that they don't enjoy it, but they did. They, they had to expect it. They didn't expect wonderful things with James Franklin as your starting quarterback. Mike Riley is got... the number one QB in the league. We expected more. And it's not his fault. Go ahead, Charles.
2: When you're on a home-and-home and, home and you're playing a team that beat you last week, you want your team to come out fired up and ready to play and, um have some you know go out and play with pride and try and get even for that loss. there was none of that. it was just brutal, and you you could see basically when the game started the the lions didn't have it it Mike Riley sadly looked scared. Uh, he's looking like he's getting happy feet, uh, and he's looking like he doesn't trust his receivers. It's it's getting bad right now. And um, the offensive line, well, it was the offensive line. It wasn't any better. Uh, It's not – they've got to make some sort of issue. I mean, I don't know how you actually – it just was terrible.
3: I just, I know how to fix this. I don't know how this. to
2: fix this. Well, I know you how to fire people.
3: No, you don't fire. You don't have See? to fire anybody. This is simple. Oh. This is so easy to fix. It is unbelievably how easy it is to fix this game. This, this team. Find yourself a power back. Yep. Uh, a Jeremiah Johnson, a, a Andrew Harris, I uh, even John Cornish somebody like this, somebody who can pound his way up the middle and get some positive yards, where your O-line can do some uh, run blocking, where they can open up some holes, where they can actually go out there and have some fun and learn to work as a unit, okay? And as soon as you start putting up the yards, running the ball, the other teams now have to respect that, and your O-line now can pass block a little bit better without the team having their ears pinned back and coming after Mike Riley. This should give Mike Riley another second or two in the pocket, and he can find an open receiver and start completing some balls without having to run for his life. This whole thing comes down to a power back. We, 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 our, core, our running backs right now are undersized. We don't need a scat back. We need a power back. We need somebody who can pound his way up the middle and we have to have an offensive coordinator that is willing to call that play that's what's going to fix this team you want to see a remarkable improvement in the BC Lions find me a running back
2: am I not right
0: I
3: can't disagree
2: with that because that's one of the problems the pass obviously wasn't working But their leading rusher, John White, had nine carries. But John White's this little shit. That's the problem. They don't have a big bruising back. They let Jeremiah Johnson go, and he's over in Hamilton or something. Yep. Uh, And I know we we talk um, a lot about about him, but um, we need a back like a James Wilder type, someone who can actually run through guys. Someone, you know, a bigger back. Remember back in the days of Sean Millington or, or um, you know, uh, Robert Drummond was another one. Um, but we these guys are small, and not well, only we, will we watch Andrew Harris get, do it every week. Get, yeah, that's true. And but not right. only will the bigger running backs also get you more yards; they can also block better. Uh, so that's that? a huge thing right there. Yeah, I mean. These guys are not going to block anybody. They don't even slow anybody down. No, they just run. There's speed bumps to most of these defensive linemen. They'll just run Let's right be over. Being
3: generous. Top of them. Being generous. Anyhow, that's the, that's how you fix the BC Lions right now get a running back, get a power back, get them in there running the ball. And yes, we do need some linemen. Uh, I, I don't think the, the O linemen we have are bad. I just think that I mean when you go off and pay two hundred and sixty thousand dollars for um Suk Chung, right, the number one O lineman in the league, who's um what what am I looking for here? This the whose forte is run blocking. He he's a the best run blocker in the league. And you give them $260,000 and then you don't run the fucking ball? I I don't understand. I, I don't understand how th- this is tolerable. It's frustration. William, do you have anything to say about the BC Lions? Vancouver Kittens, as my dad would call them.
1: Well, I didn't... I didn't watch the game, of course, but I can pretty much tell you what happened. Nothing. So, so you guys tell me what's the problem is. and and I understand the whole drive block blocking the power pass for great. Um, but why hasn't anybody cleared into that? So who is it? Is it Devon Gabriel? Is it Terrius Jackson? Who is it? Because at this point in time. They they should be getting better. They are not getting better. It's the same thing. Week in, week out. So is the one over his head?
3: I, I think is so. Jarius Jackson? I, that's the fir- first time I've actually Jerry, said that.
1: Yeah. Is Jarius Jackson a shitty coach? Yes. I mean um, we've said that before this year. You know, if if something like this happens,
5: I guarantee you,
1: if you're Dave Dickinson,
5: you're
1: going to make it seem better. Okay? Everything. And it just... I just don't know if these guys are over their head or what the hell's going on. But once again, I'm thinking, you know, a couple more games and something's got to happen. Because you have potentially... The best one A or one B quarterback in the CFL, and and you know, let's give him a team to play with before we make you uh, say a him But I, I really, I, I there's only one way you can go right now, and I think it's, so. Well, That's, there's not it's much it's to close. say. I was also gonna add. I was also gonna add. When we're all finished picking games at the end of the year, I should get compensation since I only play with a 17 league, okay? Because <laughs> I I want I want to pick Saskatchewan and I want to pick Edmonton. Somebody's got to give me a break on this, okay? <laughs> Would you guys agree or not?
3: Well, what what what's my excuse?
1: You're just a bad picker.
3: I'm just a bad picker. Thanks, buddy. Okay. uh, Final score in this game was Saskatchewan 45, BC
0: 18. Yes, it was embarrassing. Mute it, Will.
3: Thank you. Uh, Yeah, Saskatchewan 45, BC 18. Charles, Will, and Christopher. Christopher. Picked the Lions to win. We're losers. It came down to Mark and Phil. Uh, 28-27 for Saskatchewan. The, the Ryder fan was out 26 points. The Bomber fan picked it 23-20. By 24 points, Mark gets another star. So, Charles, Mark beats you this week three stars to two. The standings for the year so far Phil Charles Mark seven Will five CJ one I'm not gonna pick another game correctly until I you mention did. bad pickers. Yes you did. You mentioned bad pickers. But I'm not gonna win. I'm not gonna pick another game correctly until BC Lions win enough. And once they got two, then I can get two. Uh, I said I, I'm there for the distance. I'm there for those boys. I, I, I right alongside with them. Okay, big deal. Lots of things. Okay, uh, we're gonna do something. We're gonna spin this one a little differently. I got. Uh, I don't know who the hell he is, but I got John Turner on hold uh he's asking questions about the cfl i think he's an american and we may are end up fighting with him but that's okay um we'll see what happens and uh, i'm going to bring him onto the show here and we're just going to see what he has to say real quickly and then we're going to uh continue on with our agenda and uh complete our show uh john's been on hold for a while so i open up his mic here hello john turner hello Who how are, are you, you? Who
4: are you? I am John Turner. You got it right. I'm John Turner. You got it right the first time. Thank you very much for having me. How are you this evening? I'm I'm doing okay
3: considering, well, you know, I've had a shitty weekend and a lot of things going bad in my life. You just roll with them. Uh, The only John Turner I've ever known before was the prime minister of Canada. So that's probably not you, right?
4: No, and it's funny because he doesn't sound black. Most of the other John Turners you will find on this planet are indeed black and probably are over six feet tall, but I am not one of them. Yeah, I was just going
3: to say you don't sound black. No.
4: No, but that's all right. Moving along, Uh, so let's talk about this quarterback situation in Toronto. And, yes, I am an American, and perhaps we will fight. But they brought in Franklin. They traded for this guy. to to learn under Ricky Ray, Ricky Ray gets hurt before Franklin can learn a single thing. And then they thrust him into the starting lineup and expect him to play at a high level. Then then it's the Mickey Mouse club between him and Bethel Thompson, you know, back, uh, back and forth. These two guys, uh, who's a career backup, by the way, this other guy. Uh, Now they name him the starter for this year. He gets hurt week two still hasn't learned a thing about football as a starting quarterback in the league. New general manager, half the people in this planet, you know, want the guy out of his job. The offensive coordinator won't move up into the booth and see the field from a wide range. Uh, How do you expect a young quarterback to learn like that? He gets hurt and then you throw this career backup back in in the, the game. After you bring in Walker to accelerate the growth of Franklin, now that's stunted because he's hurt. What, what do you expect from Toronto? I mean, you, you we know, nothing. nothing. We don't do. expect anything yeah. from Toronto. Getting, that's the point that we've made. We nobody
3: expected shit from them this year.
4: And that that's fine. But Toronto has always been a team to chase the marquee player, and they did that with Walker and and they did that in hopes that it would help the growth spurt of Franklin unfortunately he goes out with an injury and now you know they're they're standing around holding their junk okay so well it was unfortunate or it was
3: convenient
4: it. yeah <laughs> well it was convenient other teams made offers too but they landed the guy however how can you – you say you expected nothing, and that's great. That's fine. You had no expectations, and you're not disappointed. That's how life goes. But what can the team do to get out of this cellar? All right. and well, they got to get team, rid of Jim Pop. Well, they have to fire well, the GM. Uh, well, I agree with you there, but who's going to – if he's the GM – who the hell is going to tell the offensive coordinator to get your ass off the field and move up into the booth where offensive coordinators belong?
2: That would be well, Corey Chamberlain's job as the head coach.
4: Yeah. And that that's an well, opinion he, as
2: to where the, the, yeah, the
4: coordinator is supposed to be. Does he have that power? That's a good question. Does Chamberlain does the have the power to should. say, I need this guy off the field and I, I'm sick and tired of smelling his bad breath. Get him off the field and get him up into the booth where I think he belongs. But, but see, that's
3: your opinion.
4: You're that's right. That's not it necessarily
3: is. the it's... opinion of all offensive coordinators. A lot of the offensive coordinators want to be on the field where they can communicate firsthand with the quarterback, with the players, with everything else, and they have their assistant
4: in the spotter's booth. Right. All right. Now and many that's many, why they have many, a many, headset. Let's correlate those guys to Great Cup championships. How many Great Cup champions at offensive coordinator stand on the field? Can you answer me most, that? Most of them.
3: It's the norm in the CFL.
4: Okay, that's, most, that's fine and dandy. But they're losing. They're 0-8, so it's time for a change. 0-7, 0-8, 0-100. 0-6. Might as well be 0-5,000 because they're playing terrible and they need to change some things. So from my perspective as a coach, and by the way, I do coach, maybe not at the CFL level, but I coach football and it's tackle football at that. I think offensive coordinators need a bird's eye view to see what's but really it, going it, it, on. down there. I, I'm not
3: arguing with you. I'm just saying that, that that's, that's an opinion that, that this guy cho- chooses not to do that. Um, I, I do have a question for you, though. Why do you have this hard-on to for to Toronto Argonauts? Because most of us don't give a shit. Yeah.
4: Well, uh, well that, 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 that's the whole thing. I love an underdog, okay? Number one, I love an underdog. But number two, that's I've what? only been to three CFL games in my life. I've only been to Montreal, I've only been to Ottawa, and I've only been to Toronto. And I love the fact that they've got a lot of young, exciting players on the team that have the potential to be a a great team again. Unfortunately, they just can't put it together, and they have a really likable coach. I met the guy. I talked to the guy. He's got common sense.
3: Are you talking about Corey
4: Chamblin? Well, yeah, I mean... Are you you talking about Corey Chamblin? I only met the guy one day in my life.
3: He's he's, he's, he's bordering on setting a league... uh, his, record for history of the losingest coach in history
4: okay okay all He's right how I, I, set yeah, this but, record but, but, I, you're right you're absolutely 100 percent correct i live in washington dc that has piss poor ownership at the professional football level and every coach that walks through the door here is set up to fail so is it a matter of him being set up to fail Or is it a matter of him being just a failure? And if he is just a failure, why'd they give him the job?
2: Well, Well, because... Charles, go for it. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, set up to fail is set up to fail. You got to, even if you're set up to fail with a bad team, you got to at least get a couple of wins. And you know what? As a coach, you got to try and make the most of what he's got. His team couldn't score a single point last week. And they're trending uh, downward each and every week.
4: Yeah, well, I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you a little bit there that they're trending downward because I believe it all hinges what? on the play at the quarterback level. Quarterbacks are so valuable that if you lose your starting quarterback, the drop-off from starting quarterback to backup quarterback is so great that you are almost B O A before you even take the field. Okay. okay. Please
3: tell me what's happening in Calgary right now, where we're seeing Nick Arbuckle walk into the Calgary Stampeders and actually put what four games? He's he's a four and one as a starter, and or well, uh, three and one as a starter, and, and, and Bo Levi Mitchell, who is the grand poobah of the CFL, is zero and two. So uh, it, I want your your, okay, your argument okay, there's not enough. not a hundred percent, is it?
4: Well, well, just keep in mind that team won a championship. Okay, very, very. Recently. No, no, no. In Only of, the name did. did.
2: But they, the, the the team's gone.
4: They Only lost the name's a lot there.
2: of players in the off season from that team. A lot of players. Well, Twelve
3: well, starters. Regardless. They they regardless. lost fifty people.
4: Including coaches, okay, they lost right. 50 people. That's a lot of people. Why? Okay, <laughs> now, that's, we'll a, we'll that's into, an entire team. We'll get into that. We'll get into why they would lose that many people after actually winning a championship some other day. But what my point is is that if a team wants to compete and they go into a season saying this is what we're competing on the field with and this is what we're going to put out there as a product. Why wouldn't they put their personnel, whether it be in the coaching uh, 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 department or the player department, in the best situation to succeed? You, you bring in a marquee wide receiver, okay? You've got some decent coaches, maybe not superstars. And not everybody's Vince Lombardi, okay? But who? you've got some people in the organization. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. But I really opinion, don't know who you're talking about. Why wouldn't you put your people in the best position to be successful? That's all so I'm wondering. How long have That's you been I'm following the CFL? About a year and a half, and I absolutely okay. love it. so that you have absolutely no
3: idea what Jim Pop is. Jim Pop is an no, absolute screw-up no, as a GM in the Montreal Alouettes. He, he hired coaches that would fail for the sole purpose. He wanted to be the coach, and the owner wouldn't let him coach. So he would hire a screw-up coach and then fire him and take over the coaching position so that he could coach. But he was usually worse than the screw-up that he had hired. Okay? And this happened four times in Montreal before the Wettles finally fired the GM, Jim Pop, and he gets picked up by the Toronto Argonauts. And he's doing exactly the same thing again. It's his M.O. He is going to fire this coach, and he's going to take over the team Himself, and it's going to get worse because he is why would not you a bring, coach.
4: Why would you bring a guy like that into your organization knowing that you've got good, strong ownership and good financial backing? Why would you bring a guy like that We've into been asking organization? that
3: question for three years, my friend, okay? There is no answer to it. Otherwise, it it, it makes no logical sense. OK, they, so are, so the, the, me, they are the most the strongest financial team in the CFL, and they are the worst team. So, so I Those two things
4: usually don't go hand in hand. Nah, and I, I agree with you there. I will tell you this much. There is a team in Washington, and the owner hired a friend that he played racquetball with. And that guy convinced him that he could run his organization all the way up to first place in the division while they consistently finished last after he gave him the job. It sounds like the same situation that I'm going through here. And unfortunately, I always root for the underdog. Let's go back to Montreal. I love the turnaround that that team has done. I know some people aren't believers yet. I love Jones. I got to meet him as well. He's a stand up sounding guy. He walked home after the game that I attended with his family, his wife and daughter. Uh, who else would you rather have running an organization that has lost their ownership, that has, that has recently lost their general manager? All this topsy turvy roller coaster event that they've gone through, and this guy is putting out a winner. Can we say enough? About the well, job he is yeah, doing but who, they, who, who have they won? Who have they beat?
3: They haven't beat a real football they team, have the they? beat
4: teams on their schedule. You beat the teams that you have to play.
3: Oh, I don't know. I'm not buying this well, one, okay? So they, they beat a team. Well, they, they can beat oh, Toronto. Yeah, well, shit! it seems to to like everybody can beat Toronto. To beat can the beat the Toronto. Who, who want to did beat Montreal Brady? beat
4: this you week? you got to beat the teams on your schedule. You know.
2: You know, I, I agree to a point as well. I mean, sure they haven't been beaten any spectacular teams, but I mean, like you said, you got to win what's put in front of you. All Better right. So how about this one?
4: So I heard you guys talking about Hamilton. Now I did a little digging because you know I, my girlfriend is from Texas, and guess who else is from Texas? The backup quarterback who is now the starter in Hamilton. Okay, Johnny I love. Texas, isn't he? Uh, I believe he's from. I, I said it earlier. It's not Lubbock, Texas. It's somewhere out there in the middle of nowhere, Texas. And, and he was a Oklahoma. he was
3: a bust of biblical proportions, right? Right. Well, well, that's exactly. fine.
4: But his numbers at Tulsa were okay, and now he's got the job in Hamilton. I happen to believe that Hamilton. Uh, coming off a surprising win I, I kind of picked them to win Just kind of guessing this week Against Winnipeg I didn't really think they would win the game I just kind of picked them to win But, and that, that proof is well documented By the way However, I think this guy Has just enough tools To do just enough To get them To, to keep from falling apart And that leads me to a big question There's nine teams in the league you usually start off with nine starting quarterbacks. How can football coaches around the league and general managers bridge that gap between the starter and the backup so that if in case a guy like Caleros comes out of the game, the drop-off doesn't sink the entire battleship, okay? Just because your captain goes down, the Titanic doesn't have to go down with it. How can the teams prepare these other guys that are sitting on the bench, these Bethel Thompsons and these, you know, uh, Danes and all that other stuff to get them more game ready? I mean, that, that, that's what football needs. How can it happen? Well, there's
3: only one way you get game ready, and that's playing games. So you're either going to yep. sit your star quarterback to give your backup some playing time, which doesn't happen ever, not even in garbage yeah. time, right? <laughs> or
4: you need a junior yeah, a league in
3: which you can go and put these guys into, and that's not reality either. Okay.
4: Well, there's so, a guy named Nichols who only came in during garbage time quite a few years ago, and then he's doing pretty good now on a team. No, that he's, he's not. Barely lost a game. Well,
3: he's not doing not that gonna. good. His team is amazing. Okay, he's a game he's a, he's an iffy quarterback. Yes, he's 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 on yeah yes. he's on an incredible team. He's got no, he, there's no sheer talent in there. They, they're calling him a, a he protects the ball. Well, he doesn't throw the fucking ball. Okay, he's got the, he's got the least amount of throws in the league. Yeah, he doesn't throw
4: interceptions because he doesn't throw the ball. Well, well let's talk. Well, let's talk. Okay, that's fine then that means that he's in a pretty good system that's setting him up to succeed. So we talked about systems. You guys talked about systems a little earlier. Winnipeg is drafted back-to-back offensive and defensive linemen this year in the first round. I love it. I love smash mouth, big-body football. I think it's the cornerstone to any team being successful. That is exactly what it looks like, I believe, your team is missing in B.C., some big boys. How okay. can they, Yeah, uh, but you yeah. don't draft those. You go buy them. Well, they drafted them, and they've only lost one game.
2: Uh, you know what I mean? They, they haven't uh, even
4: seen the field. The big boys that they drafted haven't even gotten on the field with a match.
2: Yeah, you know well, what that's I mean? the,
4: the so, point. This
3: that, is kind got of the point. They're not even
4: stuff. there yet. Oh. Well, you're yeah. right. You're right. But they looked beyond that and said, you know what? We're going to need these big boys down the line because that's what wins you football games. Whereas I think right now Riley, who I love, I love the guy's skill set. I love the veterans around him. They should be much better than they are right now record-wise. You think? I I, I think so. But Mm -hmm. right now their biggest problem is both sides of the line. So how do you adjust that? in the middle of the season when you've got the rest of your game plan going, but nobody can block, nobody can stop a runner. You know what I mean? What do you do? What do you do in that situation? You Go to the bar.
2: (laughs) You run the ball. (laughs) You got to run the ball more.
4: Well, I agree with you there. I think I think they do need to establish some sort of run and be a little bit more creative with it. Nine carries
2: for your top runner isn't going to cut it.
4: And okay. the guy is a pretty good, especially ball with your
2: passing games going nowhere.
4: Yeah, you're absolutely right. So so let's go back up to Saskatchewan real quick.
3: No, Y'clero no, you know what? We got to get a few things. Yes, Kalaros did go down. We know that. We got a few things on our agenda we got to do. We got to get Will back into the show and we got to keep Thank moving on in me. the direction I we're really going. Appre- okay?
4: I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a great night, guys. Okay. Cheers.
2: Thank you, John. Yeah,
3: thanks very much. That was John Turner. Okay. So, Willie, you still there?
1: Yeah, I'm still here.
3: You're still there, eh, buddy? I'm I'm, not a ex- big question? I, I'm,
1: exa- I'm exhausted from that conversation you just had, but I'm still here.
3: You still there. All okay.
1: Right. okay. Uh, Craig
3: Dickinson I, I, comes I, I, up. I, go ahead.
1: Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm not going to. Craig say Dickinson it, comes
3: all out right. and wants all dangerous hits to be immediately ejected from the football game. Do you agree with this call? And is this not the pot calling the kettle black? Because a good chunk of the dangerous hits come from Saskatchewan Rough Rider players. I mean, I, the, that, that 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 completely disgusting hit by McKenna Henry on the sidelines on Dom Davis comes to mind right off the bat. And, you know, like, what a hypocrite. You, you don't come public making shit like this when you don't even have your own own backyard situated properly. I don't know. Charles, what do you think on this one? Do you, do you agree that all dangerous hits should be immediately ejected? And what do you think of Craig Dickinson coming
2: public and saying this? My biggest problem is is dangerous hit is somewhat subjective. I mean, look at the, uh, the argument right from the beginning of the season with the Simone Lawrence hit on um, on Zach Caleros. So a lot of people say it was a dangerous hit. A lot of people say it was a different, not a dangerous hit. So, I mean, it really gets to the point is what is a dangerous hit? What is the standard? And who makes that call? It's all well and good to say, oh, yeah, you, get, you throw a dangerous hit, with throw, you throw thrown out of the game. But who makes that judgment call that it was a dangerous hit? Because a lot of people will disagree on what's dangerous and what's not. So I'm not really sure how you go about doing this. Um, I understand uh, where he's going with it, and I, I don't necessarily disagree with it. But uh, my biggest problem is is that leaves it wide open to what the standards are, and it leaves it wide open to interpretation. So... I don't know. I don't know how you enforce something like that because, like I said, what is a dangerous hit? It uh, varies from person to person. Uh, I mean, I guess they could try to set a league standard, but, again, it still comes down to something subjective.
3: Okay. So I'm talking with – okay? We all know who David Benefield is. He's a great uh, cup-winning defensive lineman, or was he a linebacker? He was a linebacker. He was a Um, linebacker. Yeah. And and you know, Great Cup winning. He was with the B C Lions, he was with the Calgary Stampeders. I think he was actually with the Rough Riders too, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, I believe so, yeah, for one of their copies. Okay.
3: So, um we all we all know that he's one he was one of the best of the, in, in that era. That was the early early 2000, 2004, four, two thousand five, in that era in there. B C Lions victory in two thousand and five, I think he was there. Uh anyhow, um David says that you're supposed to, you're supposed to lead with your head. You're supposed to hit him right in the scut, in the right around where your diaphragm is, just above your gut, just below your chest, type of thing, and wrap your arms around him. And I said, so that's exactly what Simone Lawrence was done, except for the fact that the quarterback Zach Galeros, hook slid just before that, so he's going low. And it looks like he absolutely just destroyed him. It, it looks like a head hit. So Simone Lawrence is going for a wrap up hit exactly the way that he's supposed to by going low on the quarterback into his midsection, except for the quarterback throws his body in front of him. Simone Lawrence rolls out of it as best he can, makes contact head to uh, shoulder to head, and knocks him out. How's that a dangerous hit? But he got a two game suspension for it.
2: And this is what I'm saying. It's all in subjective. Some people may call that a dangerous hit. Some people may call not call it a dangerous hit. So well, everybody from Saskatchewan did. Of course. So that's what I'm saying. If you you've got if you're gonna say flat out, well if you throw a dangerous hit, you're gonna get uh you're gonna get fined or you're gonna get kicked out and suspended. What's the dangerous hit? Who makes that judgment call? And yeah, exactly, and and who's going to pay? do it
3: on the fly?
2: Yeah, yeah. This is a, this I don't know. This is, this I uh, like. I said I understand the his uh, rationale behind it. I just don't know how they are able to uh, effectively uh, enforce something like that.
3: Yeah,
2: I don't
3: know. I I, I I understand where he's coming from on this. We all yeah. want dangerous hits to be taken out of the league. We all want to see our marquee players uh, live long and prosper. But it's fucking football, man. And 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 shit's going to happen, and shit's going to get real. So you. Have and by to the way, just...
2: the one. I don't get it. And the other thing is, you're talking about dangerous hits and so on. You can have a dangerous hit even if the hit is still legal. There are legal hits that you you can consider dangerous. So you're going to throw a guy out for throwing a legal a legal hit just because it was dangerous? I mean, I well, you, you know, you I know which one understand. comes to mind there, right it?
3: there, is the um, uh, Carisi Bear uh hit on John Cornish that John basically Cornish. ended his career. It wasn't illegal. No, it, technically it was a legal hit. I it mean, was it, a legal hit. Knocked him out. Knocked him out, ended his career. John never came back and played football properly again after that. Is it a hit mm-hmm. that I, 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 I would like to see in the CFL? No, we don't want to see that. I basically straight-armed him. Okay? He used his forearm as a club. It's legal. You're allowed to do that. But, you know, oh, my God, no, you can't do this. Look what they did to John Cornish. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that happened, but this is football. You cannot make every play illegal just because one of your fancy guys got, got hurt by it. Did I want to see John Cornish out of the league? No, absolutely not. Do I give a rat's ass about uh, Kyrie C. Bear? No, I think he's scum. But he didn't deserve to be a villainized villainized? the way that he was by that hit. It took John Cornish's career away. I'm not arguing that. Is that a good thing? No, it wasn't. John Cornish was a good thing for the CFL. It was a sad day when that happened. But it wasn't illegal. He may have got a penalty. I don't remember. But I will argue that I I remember that play forever. I remember it. I saw it so many times. Was a it was a legal hit. I'm waiting for Will to open up his mic and talk about that.
0: You know
1: what? Um, And if I remember correctly, he did not get a penalty on that play. I don't believe he did. I think yeah. Uh, Um but you know i know how to eliminate a lot of dangerous things
3: did i just lose okay. will i did we dropped him he he, d- he disappeared Uh-oh. uh oh let's let's see if i can bring him back no but you know that so is that a dangerous hit that you now want to eject the player even though the the referee didn't give him a penalty?
1: Did you hang up or did I hang up? Uh,
3: you disappeared.
1: Uh-huh. Okay. Maybe I pressed the wrong button. I'm just sitting here getting excited. Anyways, what I was going to say, how do you get rid of a lot of the illegal hits? And I think it's the key, okay? I think you have to to eliminate the hook slide from quarterbacks. Agreed. Once he, once he crosses the line, he's a football player, and he can't fall down and say, don't hit me, okay? It's like having I a fair catch. The
5: ma-
1: that's right. Majority, Ridiculous. majority of, those, the, of the legal hits come on quarterbacks, and we've seen it this year when they hook slide, and 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 I mean these guys hook slide, and a guy can tap them and they still throw the flag. You gotta eliminate the hook slide. It's that simple, okay? And it will change. It will change the game for the better, in my mind. So. Well, pers-
3: personally, I don't think if if we want to protect the quarterback, he shouldn't be allowed over the line of scrimmage. I've said this before and I know that I get very few people that agree with me. If the quarterback, he's not allowed over the line of scrimmage. It's just like you're not allowed to throw the ball over the line of scrimmage. You're not allowed to carry it over the line of scrimmage. Keep the quarterback in the backfield, and let's play some football. You, you, he's sacked, he's sacked. Okay? I'm all about that. And the other thing, what we saw the other day, Charles, uh, somebody came up with the idea of uh, – Get rid of the intentional grounding penalty. Yeah. Give the guy a safety valve.
1: I have no problem I, with that.
3: I don't have a problem with that.
4: But and you person,
3: know what? I've never,
1: I've never, I've never liked the hook slide because when the quarterback crosses the 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 line of scrimmage, he becomes a running back. That simple.
3: Yeah, and but he's you should not. Be able to he's not him. a running back.
1: But he's he a football one. player and he's that is correct. But he's a football he, player and if he runs across the line of skip scrimmage, he should be fair
2: game.
3: agreed. But he also doesn't have the pass protection pads, protecting him the way a running back does. So he shouldn't be allowed.
0: That's it's the, like a player's not allowed answer. to continue oh, to play okay.
3: without a helmet his helmet comes off, he's not allowed to continue, right? So
1: if the quarterback goes across the line, he shouldn't be allowed to continue. my, my, My biggest issue is when the quarterback crosses the line of scrimmage, he can run down the field for 40 yards, and when somebody comes close to him, he can fall on his back, and you can't hit him. Like, is he a football player or is he a kicker? I, I, I don't know. I know you I, have I no know. argument for that. Well, you have no I, I've seen
3: some. I've seen some pretty blown up kickers. So. Um,
1: Noel Piquantaine.
0: Yeah.
3: Okay, yeah. so
1: let's let's take. Okay, wait a minute. Let's take the NFL for a second. You've Why? got Ben Roeth, Ben Roethlisberger. He's six foot five and has played the game at 260 pounds, and he's an athlete, when he runs down the field, he should not hook slide. He should run over people, period. All right? But he doesn't. He's bigger than some
2: linebackers.
1: That is correct.
3: Okay, I'm not going to argue. can't argue with that one. That's 100% correct. But the point is, is that, we, we either decide what to do with this or we don't, and, and, and it's not up to us. I mean, we're just, we're just fans. We're not even media-type people. We're just fans of, of this game. I personally don't want to see quarterbacks injured. I think that the game sucks when you've got your backup quarterback who is now your number one, okay? And that's happened how many times? Five, six times so far this year in the league, but how what was your count Charles? 5 teams or 6? I believe it's 6 now. 6 teams have lost their number 1 quarterback. Is that does that make for exciting football? Are we all excited to go and um Jonathan Jennings play football? Uh you know, Vernon Adams <laughs> the, the Vash <laughs> Oh we should, we got to talk about that later. Um any of these dropped any yet? of these players any of these players playing football, these quarterbacks, these backup quarterbacks right now, are not exciting. Okay, maybe Nick Arbuckle is right now because I actually I think he's he's a lot better quarterback than what most people think he is. Um, for the most part, we want to see the number one quarterbacks. We want to see Bo Levi Mitchell playing football. We want to see Jeremiah Mazzoli playing football. We want to see Zach Caleros playing football, okay? We do. We honestly do. So how are we going to protect them from, from getting hurt? Well, I agree with Will, with Will 100%. The hook slide is what's dangerous. But letting them run down the field as a running back is dangerous as well. I still say that the only way to stop this from happening, the dis- destruction of high-end quarterbacks, is not to let them go over the line of scrimmage. It's just call the play dead. It's dead. It's not a penalty. It's not anything else. It's just the ball, the, the, the play's over. You, you run across the line of scrimmage and throw the football, it's a dead ball. You, you run across the field with the ball in your hand, it's a blown dead right there. And 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 how can he get hurt? Well, of course he can get hurt. He can get Gary Durant got hurt and he was just standing there. Nobody even touched him. So it it, it it's football. You're not going to be able to bubble wrap these guys, but in the same token no. is you have to do what you can do to protect them. And I I'm leaning towards the whole concept of the not letting them over the line of scrimmage. But I agree. If we, you got to remove the hook slide. Any any player that hook slides is opening themselves up to a brutal hit, and there's nothing they can do about it. There's no defense.
2: Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, uh, we saw that before with uh, what's his name. Everybody. Um,
3: yeah. Everybody.
2: Yep. The hook slide almost makes things more dangerous.
3: Well, it is. I mean, who was it? Buck Pierce, wasn't it? Who said that he'd never do it?
2: Yeah. There's a couple. Well,
3: there's more than a they few go. quarterbacks out there that said they will never hook slide. Look how that turned out for him, though. Yeah, but he got pummeled from behind. It wasn't hook slides that took took Buck Pierce out. I mean, I could show you videos of uh, of him getting blown up by Craig Butler. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Oh my god. <laughs> Out go the lights.
5: I don't know how
3: I don't know how Buck Pierce is still walking. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I more power to him. He's a tough son of a bitch, right? I I I love the guy. I absolutely love the guy. He's a he's a beast. Okay. So that's uh this all came on this Craig Dickinson wants to immediately reject dangerous hits. I call bullshit. I'm, I'm not I'm not on this one. Who just phoned me from Alberta? Is this Phil?
2: I don't know. What? Don't we didn't know. lose Willigan, did we? Yeah, Phil's calling in. Phil's calling in.
3: Just it a second. Phil. I'm going to open up that mic. He just had to get in this conversation. He just couldn't stand yep. it
5: anymore. Phil,
3: how you doing, brother? <laughs>
5: Uh, Hello, Christ uh, Hey, guys, Christopher. Christopher, <laughs> I, I was going to wait until Wednesday to be back on the show, but but you're so provocative with your statements about Simone Lawrence hit on 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 a defenseless quarterback hook sliding that I I, I couldn't wait. <laughs> I, I I'm not going to debate the ridiculous notion that Simone Lawrence was trying to hit Zach Calera square in the chest and. Wrap his arms around him. Uh, but, Come on,
0: <laughs>
3: work with me here.
5: <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to bring up—I I just love that that NCAA rule that they, they've adopted. Uh, where uh, I'd, I'd sure like the CFL to have a look at it. Uh, in the NCAA, uh, plays are, are reviewed automatically by a command center. For yes. a uh, targeted hit, and uh, they, they eject players during the game. If it happens in the second half, a player loses the first half of the following game. And it's I think it's working really well in the NCAA, and and in the CFL they could do it mid-season because it would it would pass the CBA smell test because nobody's going to lose a game check over it, and. Uh, I, so I, I think the players would 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 adopt it easily, and, and I, I think it would uh, bring some safety to the game. You guys go ahead and discuss it. I just I just wanted to get on and and, and add that to the conversation.
3: Welcome back. We've missed
5: you. Yes. yes. Thanks, Um
3: I I, I abso- absolutely agree with you. I think the NCAA has got some really good rules, really good things with their video replay. Uh, it, uh, it, unbelievable what they I mean every single play in the NCAA is reviewed automatically immediately, and uh, and and carried on that way. And they they make some changes. You know if they miss a call they they fix the situation and I more power to them for Having the moxie go off and take that initiative, and I'd love to see the CFL follow it up. I uh, the targeting, I just want to know what your criteria is
5: because there's well, dangerous well, plays tough.
3: and there's not
5: that's up for debate, but you know, certainly any hits to the head. Um, and you know, one thing is we're already reviewing in the CFL, we're reviewing every play. Anyway, we're using the AAF uh, eye in the sky concept uh, that I hope the NFL adopts as well. And I think it's working really well. I think it's moving the game along.
3: Failing miserably with it, though.
5: It's, it's maybe got some growing pains, but I've, I've seen it move that game along faster. We're, we're having uh, shorter, shorter reviews. We're not having to wait for coaches to have a look at a, a video and then have to throw the challenge flag uh, so I think it's it's moving things along a little quicker. I'm, I'm not noticing and complaining about the challenges. I, I don't mind Dave Dickinson this year, in fact.
3: But okay, just let's go back to, to the games that I, I remember very well. The BC Edmonton game, where the Ed, the very first one, where the Edmonton Eskimos just absolutely threw everything in the kitchen sink at Mike Riley, and he had four, four, five, five attacks on him. Two of them we had to challenge to get the roughing the passer call. The other three were roughing the passer calls. And where was the eye in the sky doing there? I mean, they were so blatantly obvious to us idiots at home. Why, why did the ref A not chal- throw the challenge? In fact, that was Andre Peru, and he actually pulled the challenge the, the flag out of his pocket and stuck it back in. And then we had to BC had to challenge the play and won on challenge, so the ref actually had the right instincts to throw the flag. But then said, "Yeah, it's Mike Riley. He's used to taking this shit. He hits." Okay, where that, that, then that, Zach Caleros gets his wimp hit that, that, that most quarterbacks would have got up and gone to the huddle over, and all
5: hell breaks loose. That first game you mentioned is, is an example where it wasn't working, and and uh, I got, it was kind of strange how the CFL they didn't uh, they didn't do a lot of big news release, releases on uh, on launching that uh, the eye in the sky concept, um, and I think they were just testing it in early weeks, and certainly it didn't test out very good in that first game between BC and Edmonton.
3: No, not at all, eh? Nope.
5: Yeah, that was a really poor example. You're, you're right, Kester.
3: So, you know, it, and, and that's not the only case. There's It's happened numerous times where we, on this program, I don't know how many times we say, what the hell is the eye in the sky supposed to be doing here? Because it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. And they they either do it or they don't. You know, don't do it half ass Don't do it for some teams and not other teams. Don't, you know... We've gone over and over and over this in past years, that, that video review should be done by three independent parties at one time, and the majority rules. I like okay? that. Okay? Totally separate. They don't get to discuss it. They've got a button that goes yes or no and they look at the thing and they go penalty, you know, and and two out of the three say it's a penalty, then it's a penalty. Or it's not a penalty, or or it's a touchdown, or it's not a touchdown, or whatever. Do three independent judges hit the button one way or the other, yes or no, on or off, it's binary. I've always liked that one.
5: I've noticed a few incidents this season when the – the challenge flag was about to be thrown or was just thrown by the coach. And the referees come over to him and say, oh, you don't have to throw it. They've already challenged. They've already looked at it in, in uh, Toronto. And uh, we're going to change the call. And that actually
2: happened that, in the Lions game the other night.
5: Yes. Yep. Yeah, and I've noticed that a few times, at least three times this season. And, uh, and it sure shortens up the, the telecast for sure and, and keeps the mm-hmm. game moving
3: and i agree anything to
5: i want the game right
3: i don't want the game fast i don't want the to to risk the 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 problem is is that we tsn right now is is calling the shots on the time frame of these games okay bottom line there's no arguing that It's TSN is calling the calls. It needs to be within the three hours for them to put it on their window. I don't have a problem with that. You're going to spend $40 million on my football league every year. I'm okay with that. But I'm not prepared to speed up the game at the risk of not making it correct. I would rather take 10 minutes and get the call right. And, And that's an exaggeration, of course. Then not to. And I've always had this problem with coaches' challenges. I think coaches' challenges, they should have as many challenges as they want. If they get them wrong, it's a delay of the game penalty. If you're so sure about your challenge, throw the flag. But you know you're going to risk moving your team back 10 yards or move the other team up 10 yards. But you should be able to challenge every single play if you need to. Mm-hmm. But the officials, I would agree, if it, was, if it wasn't but the for officials, that contact, should get it right in the first place.
5: Yes, I'm, I would completely agree with that, Christopher. If the CFL hadn't adopted the uh, the five yard the five yard uh, contact rule or the, uh, the contacting receiver after five yards, and uh, even Receivers that are way away from the play. Uh, I think uh, we went too far there a few years ago, and I know they backed off on it mid-season. We... Yeah, I believe we did. I really do. Oh, nobody's I, arguing I've... that one. Yeah, I I think we we messed up our league at that time, and then we've never fixed it up again. And I would like to go back to what the N C the way the N C A A is calling it, especially, and 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 more towards the way the N F L is calling it as well. Let us let them fight a little bit more downfield. Our 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 uh, passing percentages are way too hard, high right now in, in the CFL, in my opinion. Um, and I, I don't think there's a, a reason to give those receivers so much of an advantage that they have.
2: That's a good point. Mm.
3: Er- everything in its uh, its own tolerance level. Okay, I really think that. CFL is a passing league. We're going to yes. have passing. We, we're going to have receiving. We need to do that. Are we making it too easy for the receivers? I'm not sure that we are. Um, I'd I see blatant interference calls. I very rarely see a, a weak pass interference call. I see a lot of really big pass interference calls that get missed and have to get challenged. But there's very, very few weak pass interference calls. I'm saying they don't happen, and they do. But I don't really think that that's hurting the integrity of the game. It's better than it was.
5: I I go back two weeks ago to the – or a week ago to the uh, call on Deron Carter in in Saskatchewan with a little tug on his T-shirt. I didn't like that call, didn't I? In the end zone Yeah, that's because you're, you're a you Ryder fan.
3: <laughs> Hard to Maybe. argue with that one. Maybe. Okay, um, yeah. guys, we, we're, we're having too much we fun here. we got less
2: than two minutes left. <laughs> uh, no, I'm
3: less than a minute and a half. I actually have to wrap up the show. Uh, oh, yeah. We didn't even finish the agenda. That was a really weak hey, Will agenda. <laughs> Will Will's still here. Yeah, he is. He's got his mic closed. Muted. Uh, I'm going to have to wrap it up real fast here, guys. This has been uh, Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 378. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. Uh, Very good to hear Phil back. Uh, John Turner, thank you very much for coming in and uh, giving us your what for. Uh, Charles, it's
2: up to you. Say goodnight, my friend. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. And I guess we'll be talking to you in a couple of days because we're back on Wednesday night.
3: We're back in two days, Wednesday night, to uh, preview this week's coming shows, uh, games. Thankfully, the BC Lions aren't playing this weekend. William, we're not going to Come in and say good night. Good night, everybody. Live
1: from Las Vegas, and it's really noisy here.
3: <laughs> yeah, stop playing the out one arm bandits, Okay.
5: I'll talk to you next week.
1: We're
3: a jackpot. Share in, with us. in two days, we'll talk in two days, buddy. Phil, say good night.
5: Hey, good night to everybody who's listening to the show, and, and great to talk to you guys again. Okay. We'll talk yep. to you on
3: Wednesday, buddy. You t- take care. Cheers, everybody.
5: Bye.